All right, welcome back, everybody, to your favorite segment, your favorite little section of the Dylan Joe Basement Podcast family. We're here once again to talk about the weird, the wacky, and whatever Dylan doesn't want to talk about with me and Dom, we get to talk about on this thing, and that's toilet wines. <laughs> we have Dom on, of course, our other uh, my other co-host here. Dom, give people a shout out, would you? What people? You want me to give who a shout out? Okay, and oh, we also have a guest on today. <laughs> we also have a guest on today. We've had his brother on the show before, but we haven't had him on, him on before, so we're happy to see him. And that, of course, is the one, the only, Dan Watton. What's up? Dan. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. We're not only going to um, pimp you out on this show and see what you're all made of, what you're going to talk about today, I also would be more than happy to put the link in this part of the episode and at the end to an amazing movie that he made. I um, mean, me and Dom are in it, but really, he's the mastermind, he's the star of it, the writer, and I would encourage anybody who's into any of this medieval cool type of shit uh, to watch this movie. It's a fucking fun time, it's great, and it's awesome. But we're not talking about that right now, we're talking about a couple hundred years earlier in uh, yeah, pre-medieval their time, water they call it, even late Iron water Age. They also true. call it something else. Oh, yeah, vampires, all the vampires. Vampires. <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> Vikinger today. The Scandinavian Raiders of the North, the Vikings. <laughs> this is New York Not Manhattan. Raise my voice. It was Dom's idea, and I couldn't agree more. I think this one's long overdue. It is. It just counts as one of those ones, though, that also Dylan wouldn't want to talk about with us because it's too uh, history-focused. and He likes history stuff, but it has to do with like World War II, and that's basically it. <laughs> you don't like ancient stuff. Yes. And then the history... Well, he likes ancient aliens. So, yeah, ancient like history only ancient if it's things. aliens involved. <laughs> alien involved. Fun fact, Vikings were aliens. This is the Dylan Joe Basin podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, wouldn't, yeah. I, I would not be surprised if we did an episode <laughs> called Vikings Are Aliens. Then you would have done it. Well, considering not, your, uh, your, your first episode was Jesus is an alien, Jesus, right? Jesus was an alien. Yeah, exactly. That was, was the first episode. That's, the, that's why I consider that another lost episode because that one was so bad, and that was our first try at it. That was Teddy Bonkers. It's a, that <laughs> that's was wild. Whole thing up. So, yeah, we're here to talk about Vikings today. So, what would you get started? What are Vikings? Dom, you want to start or you want me to start? I've been talking a lot. Um, I will start. Um, so, Vikings from the Viking era, which started around uh, 800 AD, went all the way up to almost, uh, I think, a little after 1100. Uh, kind of misconception in what is a Viking. Definitely People always a lot think, of oh, that, ta- that time period, you know, they always think that time period, uh, Scandinavia people so like norway finland denmark sweden uh eventually iceland also uh but mm-hmm. the vikings were actually was actually more of a way of life than a person than a people yeah was, they were if you were just a farmer yeah. you weren't a viking it was if you're building the long boats going on raids and scavenging killing all these people taking their money and going back that's more of a viking it's a way of life more than just a person yeah, much like how pirates aren't a country. Like you're not, you're not. Um, I'm French. Oh, I'm a pirate. It's like no, no. A pirate is like a type of person who's doing the activity. Viking, that word, uh, from what I could look up, there's all different definitions of what they think it is. But basically, it, it means it has it means to like to to sail out on a ship. Like the idea of like you're a sailor, and more like like a pirate, a raider. That's what a Viking is. So yeah, yes. you wouldn't say 
this is a whole country of Vikings, and he's the king of the Vikings, and this is the Viking uh, priest or whatever. It, it's more that the Vikings are the ones doing the raiding, and they come from the culture of people who produce the Vikings, in other words. Let's get this out of the way also. Anyone who knows about history now knows the, the least fun fact about Vikings. There's no horns on the helmets. Sorry, I'll break it to you right now. Nope. Not at all. All the Vikings you've seen, or almost all the Vikings you've seen, it's, it's, not, it's not it. But they did use horns, but they used them for two things in particular. Number one, as a horn, so blowing it. Horns. One of those. Number two, to drink out of. Drinking horn. Fill it up with some mead and get a belly full of that, you're good to go. Classic. Let's not forget, big, big mead drinkers. Kind of kept big the time mead drink. alive for a while. Yeah, you know, there's there was, a lot of people were drinking wine. And they were like, "No, we'll keep drinking this ancient liquid called mead." Yeah, well, this uh, wine—that's yeah, that's a Roman, it's a Roman Christian kind of thing. You know, the, the soft Southerners that come from the warm countries, where the mead drinkers are for the ice cold North, where you you make it yourself in your backyard. There, another misconception could be that they only were outgoing raiding and shit like that. Where, of course, a big part of the culture had normal, you know ancient shit where they were farming they were building townships they weren't building cities the size of which you'd see in places at the same time like in paris and in rome and shit like that but they had these communities and these different townships that were led by different leaders we might have called them chieftains now but they called them kings at the time this is the king of this place this is the king of that place they'd have a bunch of kings and it wasn't until uh, a powerful king came around in norway called harold that actually started unifying that particular piece into making one big kingdom rather than other ones. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Eh? The reason why they say the Viking Age started when Dom said is because that's our first big recorded raid. So saying the Pirate Age started when the pirates pulled someone over and said, License registration and all your booty, please. You know, cops have been around for a long time. Long, long time. Is when they got to the monastery at Lindisfarne which is in jolly old United Kingdom we call it now and that was what they say kicked off the Viking Age that's why they say it started from late 700s until past the 800s is because of that and that was only the first in a long string of attacks that the Vikings would participate in that made them famous and anytime you are the victim of that and people are coming in you're just trying to pray to Jesus and study up on your Latin that you only speak when you're doing your job and reading and all of a sudden these folks show up on their longships and they start raiding the place taking all the nice jewelry and you know desecrating your temple they don't respect that religion at all then the Viking time is on that's why a lot of what we know about Vikings is kind of hazy we have to put it together later on because they didn't write a history book for themselves and hand it to the rest of Europe and go, oh, this is who we are, this is our deal. They would just see people come in, raid, take all their shit, leave, and they go, those are those people. They didn't they didn't know about all their <laughs> history. So they just go, those are the people who come and get us. A lot yeah, of the names they, they would uh, call them are differing depending on where you live. They would call them different things. They uh, A lot of, especially they uh, when they were attacking the monasteries, the monks, you know, they would often say, oh, these are... Uh, I forget, I'm just going to make it up because I don't remember the exact thing. <laughs> like, basically, like, oh, this is the devil coming out of the sea and punishing us for our sins. Yeah, this is I mean, God's holy wrath. You're you seeing know, these, the scourge. You're seeing these boats that you've never seen on an ocean before because they're so small with dragons on the front coming mm -hmm. on. and then just Moving fast, too. These they're men are just so. 
totally brutal, ruthless killing machines. Yeah. And, of course, our image of Vikings comes from their the writings that come hundreds of years afterwards, so sometimes it's exaggerated for these big, giant, beastly men and stuff like that. But on average, they think that most of the people from that area were slightly taller than people from, like, the Mediterranean and shit like that. But mostly the brutality and what we know about Vikings comes because you're getting the victim statements of all these different countries that were raided from them and taken over from them. So from a Vikings perspective, I'm sure they like to see themselves as, you know, fierce and competent warriors, but they wouldn't see themselves as these beastly rapist monsters and shit like that. Like they're doing their job, going out and raiding. If you don't want to take it, you can't go raiding again. Going raid. Here we go raiding again. <laughs> yeah. Dan, what what are Vikings to you? Like, what was your first intro to Vikings? Okay, so off the record, I don't know if you can edit this out. Terrible way to start. Uh, this is off the record. Okay. <laughs> My, my... Make it at a point here. Okay. You, you'll, you'll figure it out. We're not going to do anything. Yeah, so... Well, I'll, I'll bitch about it. I think <laughs> yes. I think you guys did a pretty good job summing up Vikings. Basically, in that time period, there wasn't, like, you know, all these defined countries. It was just Scandinavia. And, uh, yeah, during that time period, they, they developed these incredible seamanship skills in, like, the harshest terrain in the world. And uh, yeah, they, great seamen. Great seamen. Yeah, uh, I hope we do like a section on long, long boats, Viking long boats, long ships at some point. Certainly, we have to. Oh yeah, it's like it's doing a thing on pirates and not talking about the ships. <laughs> exactly, because they are they are pirates basically. <laughs> Vikings are pirates. Yeah, kind of their thing. And uh, they're they're yeah. pirates before pirates. Yeah, just the incredible uh, skill in their sailing and um, really traveling across the globe. And uh, yeah, seamanship is what comes to mind when I think of Vikings. Yeah, well, let's get into longboats right now. Though. Right. That's yeah, a great yeah. topic to come up with. That was actually their tool of the trade. It was what, like Dom said, it made it part of what made them so successful as raiders. Is because the thing about raiding is you're not going in there setting up a government and a police state. You're getting in, you're taking shit, you're getting out. And the highways back in that time were rivers. You couldn't go faster than on a river. And if you get a boat full of a ton of guys to both use on the ocean and on the waterways of a country. You basically had like a, a train, like a murder train. You get on the highway and you're just cutting through cities, and you're in, you're out. Before they even know you're there, you're gone. And then what are you going to do? Muster up an army from the king? You're going to send out a horse a week later, get your army together. Three weeks later, they they arrive at the shoreline. They've been gone and they've been eating, you know, lamb back at home, feasting for a week now before you can even respond to it. And that's part of the the success rate of what they were actually doing there. It was just small strikes. You're in, you're yeah. out and you're gone. That also hitting soft targets. I mean, you couldn't really fortify an entire nation against an attack. You didn't know was going to happen. And for many, I mean, I think multiple decades after even Lindisfarne, most places that they're attacking were not castles and strongholds. They were like defenseless villages. You may have a couple people with axes and swords left in their family or pitchforks, but mostly it was, Basically, people showing up at your doorstep, kicking the door in and putting a gun in your face. What are you going to do then? It's too late. By the time they steal all your shit, and uh, including your wife and kids. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Yeah. They're Sla- gone. Slavery was a huge part of um, like society. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. you really hit the nail on the head when you said, like, no standing armies during this time period. It was just impossible to defend against as far as, like, by the time you yeah. assemble an army, um, yeah, they were gone. And I feel like whenever you, you watch, look at any... Um, 
military conquest that's been like incredibly successful like speed is always like the number one the number one factor and i just think no. yeah if you can if you can act faster and more decisively than your enemy then you don't need to be better than a lot of than a lot yeah. of things that they're good at you just have to be better than them at being faster exactly and, you know and uh uh, I say I call it. This is my own personal thing, but I call it kind of like a blitzkrieg. Yes, you know what I mean. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Lightning warfare. I just coined just that, that? phrase. <laughs> yeah, it's German for uh, thunderstrike. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> or lightning well, uh, strike. Sorry. Speak, speaking lightning of the strike. speed, uh, one of the things that was equally as important as the speed of the boats was how quickly they could make them. They could uh, assemble a boat in four to six weeks. So when it came that, to that's got to uh, be a record for nowadays. Never mind at the time. Yeah. They have no, you know, automated machinery or anything. It's all just people yeah, swinging hammers. So when they when they first started out with you know their small river boats when they were doing more local raiding before they decided to head west, uh, then they made their ocean ships, which still were very small considered to what else anyone yeah. else ever had. They, yeah, they could still get into. They the would river get system. to shore. Yeah, and they, they could get to shore, they didn't see any villages, they see a river, they had enough time, they could set up camp, four to six weeks, have a, have a riverboat ready to go. That's nuts. That's, um, I think that's part of the tax as well, is that having everyone who you're involved with being specialized in multiple fields. I mean, you could have a guy who's good at building boats, a guy who's good at sailing, a guy who's good at you know navigation, or a guy who's good at fighting. That's all well and good. Now you have a couple hundred people on your ship, but if you have fifty guys and they can all do all those things, it's like the Navy SEALs. Like they got to be good at everything. And people who were going out there, yeah. they had a lot of glory to catch. And because of their their culture at home and the people who went out and became raiders, they were already good at a lot of these things before they even got started. So you weren't training people on the job. They were, you know, versatile, which a lot of the European, uh, I should say, mainland and the island of uh, the United Kingdom and Ireland. They weren't as good at all those things. They were more specialized in those sections. They had a one guy who could do this, one guy who could do that, or whatever. But Vikings, they had multiple uh, talents in one, which really added up to it. If you're that good at sailing and fighting, you're already saving yourself half as many men, which means half as many mouths to feed and more room for loot on the ride back. And slaves. <laughs> and slaves. <Yeah. laughs> like I said, loot. No. Slaves was a huge. <laughs> loot, yeah. <laughs> it's not a person, it's a slave. Yeah, and at the time, uh, during the Viking Age, uh, Christian nations obviously weren't allowed to have slaves because they were, you know, following Christ. But, you know, places like Constantinople, they still had huge slave markets, but the majority of the slave oh, yeah. markets were in the uh, Muslim world because that was still completely legal and they had a shit ton of money. And a lot of the Muslim uh, nation states had a lot more money than the European ones, so the Vikings would hit a, hit a location, take some loot, take some people, sail on down in the Mediterranean and start selling them off. You go home rich enough to last you another year. I think a lot of the times they would split their year up into seasons, which is the planting season and the raiding season. And when you're done raiding, you come back, you harvest the plants, you hunker down for the winter, and when it comes spring again, you plant again, get those sails ready because we're out rowing again, we're going to raid again. And that just became like almost like a campaigning season or a tour of duty, as you might say in the nowadays military. But in the meantime... People are holding down the homestead, making sure the crops are okay and growing. And when you come back home, you come back all the richer if everything went well. Which, for a lot of times, six pence, none the richer. Six pence, none the richer. Kiss me. That's them, right? <laughs> I'm not putting the song yeah. in until we get struck from YouTube again. 
But yeah, I mean, I thought that was an interesting fact of it for me. I never really put that together. I was just pictured like it was like pirates where you're just going from shore to shore, kind of just living the pirate's life for me kind of deal. But they had like a strict, you know, a schedule basically. Like you get up, you go yeah. this year. And you got to think about yourself being a young man and, and these Viking uh, communities and saying, I got nothing. But if I go out there and I prove myself and I fight pretty hard, I might come home as rich as all my family combined, like just in one trip, if I do it the right way. And that was a pretty good incentive. I mean, imagine if there was a GI bill, like there is in America, but instead of paying for college, you just become a CEO of a company immediately. Like people would go for it. Like you could, you could get killed, but you also could be a millionaire and not just get a college education. Like I think that's very much a a smart idea for a lot of people at the time. Like I, I can make my fortune here by stealing from all these soft Christians who left all their jewels in a magical house they think no one's going to come into. But I don't respect that house, so why do I, I don't care about your God's yep. going to curse me. And another thing you are saying about how, you know, if you can get 50 guys that can all do the same thing, fight, build ships, whatever, you know, that mm-hmm. also, they're so efficient. That's why they can leave, you know, all the strongest men can leave for months at a time to go raiding, because who they leave behind, the women, the children, some of the men that don't go, can fight their own if someone tries to come and fuck up their village you know sure. they're not taking a risk by sending all those men out because they know that whoever stays can still protect their land that's a good point and on that point unlike a lot of other nations in the world as far as we know the gender equality of the vikings is astounding like this is sure. the scandinavian like culture that women had a vote in what would happen in the village and what was going on and there's plenty of stories both in celtic groups and also we consider scandinavian groups where women would come to the battlefield like they wouldn't always be coming out there with spears and hitting people but they would be there at the battle um egging them on they would be talking shit heckling their husbands and go you better go out there and kill them they're gonna come back here and they would flash them and be like they're gonna take this you better go and they go right back out again (laughs) are you you know they were they weren't just being florence nightingale and taking care of them they were out there being like hey if, if they come back here we're gonna grab your axe we're gonna whack away too which i think that also gave a big step up culturally to have your whole community together as a strong unit rather than having there's the lords and the ladies and and, and the children you go at home you're this and you sit there and look pretty but um and a lot of these different tribes and chiefdoms the, the women were just as much involved as the men in decision making and, and caring for the community and uh, they're they're badass, yep. which didn't always happen worldwide. And also, a lot of places, women didn't have the opportunity to do that. It wasn't just that they weren't inclined to; they were refused the opportunity altogether. Like they weren't allowed to have any say in anything. Uh, just have have your kids or don't or die, and I'll find someone else. It's pretty crazy. Early on for the Vikings to do that. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I looked into uh, shield maidens, which seems to be mostly from sagas and ballads but like you said there's there's yeah. pretty good evidence of maybe not like a trained unit of female warriors but there's no reason to think that there weren't female scandinavians that were in battle or fighting or on these expeditions and had to fight at some point there's pretty good proof of that and there's been a lot of burial sites found of uh scandinavian scandinavian women being buried with like axes and swords and like giving a warrior's burial which is i I believe that for sure i would think the only thing keeping them from being on those raids and fighting was probably the same thing keeping men from doing it which is that if you don't have the the toughness and the smarts to do it you're not coming with us but if you can prove that you are 
the fact that you're a woman isn't going to keep you out of the game. It's just a skill thing. It's a strength thing. So if you can fight as well as anyone else here, take you with us. Yeah. We're not we're not like hung up on that aspect of it. So I can definitely see that happening, which also obviously works into their mythology with exactly. things like Valkyries. Yep, exactly. It's like that. It's, it's a major part. There's many other polytheistic religions at the time that you know the female gods are more than more than not like oh they're the, they're the mother earth and the nurturing and all this shit and then meanwhile Norse mythology has these badass battle maidens of the you know the beyond that are their job is to take you to the next land and we'll get into that later I don't want to hit the mythology too yeah. hard now let's we'll stick with the right, real life shit we'll get into that at the end for sure it'll get crazy <laughs> Norse mythology but crazy. yeah so we say Scandinavia uh, for what I saw and nowadays in Scandinavia, it's one of those weird things where you can... It's like the United Kingdom, where there's there's England, there's the United Kingdom, which includes Northern Ireland, and Scotland separate. Like, there's all these different words for Scandinavia, but the Vikings mostly came from the modern-day nations of Denmark, which is part of mainland Europe. Or It's all part of mainland Europe, but it's before that big curl around you get, as well as Norway and Sweden. Finland, at the time, is more associated with, like, Eastern Europe, Russia kind of thing, so we don't really know about a lot of Vikings or that kind of people coming from Finland. Um, but Sweden, Norway, and Denmark, were those are the big Viking states. And it also, it gets confusing in history. They try to kind of parse out because a lot of, like, cultures, like in England for particular, they called them all Danes. They're just, those are the yep. Danes. But they were, could be from Norway or Sweden, and they were still being called Danish. In Eastern Europe, they would call them all Rus or Rus, which, you know, it developed into the, the name of that region later on, which we call Russia. But it's all a catch-all term for Vikings that could have come from all over. They could have come from parts of Sweden, uh, including the fact that the reason why they call it Norway, it's the North Way. It's that, that strait of water that they would have to go through to get to that different part of Europe. And again, we already mentioned that boats are the highways of it. So that's part of what got the whole Viking thing going is for hundreds of years before the whole Lindisfarne raid, these guys were patrolling the waters of that part of the world and saying, if you come through... We're already the best sailors and the best fighters. They were taking taxes from people. They were saying, you know, basically aggressive trading. They would pull you over and be like, aren't you going to buy all these furs? And they're like, well, not really. We're, we're here to buy something else. They go, you're going to buy all the furs. How much money you got? And they can strong arm them and be like, yeah, that's that's the culture of the time. So even before the Vikings, they were already running shit along there in the North Way, which obviously later became called yep. Norway yep. or Norwegian. Norway. The Northmen. And, and uh, all those... Like thing. Again, Okay, somebody go. Dan, right. you go. All right, uh, I'll go. Yeah, all those... <laughs> no, Dan, Dan, you go. <laughs> no, Dom, you go. No, Dan, please go. Dom will okay. go after. <laughs> so all, all, of, uh, all of Scandinavia, I mean, the land is so brutal. Mountain ranges, ridiculously dense forests. So that the only way to travel was by the fjords and the rivers. So their whole society was built off of seamanship in coastal towns. And, you know, there was really basically this almost like this highway leading them right to uh, right to the UK of these like islands that basically went along all of Sweden, where they could basically sail all the way down to Sweden, but be like protected by this coastal islands. So it was just it was Mm. it was almost like, you know, it was almost like it was just a freeway for Viking ships to come. Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, because of. (laughs) Like you said, the place you grow up does dictate your culture, yep. especially back then where you're so bound to the land that it's no wonder they got so good at fighting and sailing and living in harsh 
you know, conditions. That's what they grew yeah. up in. That's what they, were, they were doing the whole time. It's almost inevitable when you look at it that way that they were going to start Viking out and fucking these people up because that's, like, what they were born and bred to do yeah. from the land that they're from. And they had, like I said, they have the highway right to there. It's like growing up on the side of the highway and, and being good at driving cars fast. It's like clearly that's what you do. That's where you live. That's who you are. Yeah. You live, you're the, you're a man of the road. Yeah. You're a, can you say grease monkey now? Is that... Yes, <laughs> I guess. I well, if we're, I think it depends. Dom, you're, you're one of those, about. aren't you? For a Viking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about a uh, mechanic. Uh, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm actually, I'm actually more potato muncher than a grease monkey. Yeah, right. But, uh, that, naturally, naturally. What were you gonna say, Dom? Though, um, I was gonna say again, trying not to jump too far ahead, just because you know I love to uh, prove you wrong. That's right. We, we, we're all uh, good. Whatever. To- we're doing. Towards the uh, the end of the Viking Age, the last couple hundred years, they did actually start venturing east into Finland and in what is now Ukraine. There was a big mm-hmm. Viking trading post in Kiev, but uh, for the majority of it, yeah, yeah Novogorod too. I think it's another one of those cities that was a, it was a Viking city, which you don't see a lot in these early Viking times. But as the time goes on, their influence gets larger and larger, and their the presence of them gets stronger. They start to accumulate more money. Yeah. They start actually settling. They start- yeah, they places. start staying where they are, setting up little villages. Yeah, which they did not do at first, but after you have a couple of generations of building up that wealth and that, that uh, I don't know, that weight behind you, the juice, as you call it, then they, the places start A couple hundred saying, years you know of what? taking all these villages' If you're going to come in here money, and raid so... us again... <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the way. If you're going to come in here and raid us next just year, stay. just stay. All right? Just, you, can stay, you can have that land over there. Help me help you. Yeah, I want to help you. And obviously, a part of their their settling is the dictating of the entire culture, genetic makeup, and the land masses of Europe today. Like the that whole Viking era, even though they were um, numbers wise by just like bodies alone, a very small part of Europe, they their impact is far reaching. Not only just from the breadth of it, but also the amount of time. I mean, people who have ancestry. All around those places, they still have Viking DNA in them, including people that are from, you know, England, Ireland, northern France, obviously Scandinavia, but even places like in Eastern Europe, they have more blood from Vikings than they do from the, the steppes of the uh, the Asiatics and uh, Eastern Europe and all that shit, because they, uh, they got around, and they spread their culture and their seed, brother. You better believe it. Yeah. You mean like like because the farming because they they're really good at farming because the farming yeah the the, the farming thing yeah <laughs> so you're following it we're all on the same page it's, it's one of those things if you if you can farm in Norway you can you can fucking farm just about anywhere hey, yeah that's true their their window must be very tight uh, even in the yeah, southern parts know, of Norway they got to know what to do I'm Winter's sure they long. grew a lot of root vegetables not a lot of I'm sure they didn't grow any fucking watermelon. A lot of carrots. Yeah, beets, I don't think there's any oranges, saffron, <laughs> any of those delicate uh, temperature wedge thing. I don't think they got any cannabis up there. It's just too harsh for the the environment. Uh, no, but uh, they had plenty of mushrooms. That's true. Yep. There you go. Well, those don't need the same things as plants. That that being fungi, it helps out to grow it that way. Yes. They need Munch down and see enemies. the spirit world. <laughs> yeah, grow it on the back of the wallet of the slain. But uh, with that, I think we should, if you guys, if you guys are cool, we should take our first commercial break and uh, take a little break here and then get into with some of the more Viking stories. What we think about the you know, axe swinging, uh, shield racing, man of the north. The axe singing slasher. 
pH level. Is that what you do with wine? I don't really know. I've never made toilet wine before. Um, no. I will say I did watch a video on how to make toilet wine after the last episode of Toilet Wine. So I would have myself an too, expert. I it looks a lot less appetizing. The toilet part's not even the grossest part of it. No, it is the not. The toilet part's kind of fine. absolutely is not. And the rest of it's the gross part. It looks, it looks terrible. Literally everything about it is gross. There isn't one redeemable quality to it at all. It's almost as if the alcohol. reason they do it is because you have no other option. <laughs> and that's all you can do. It's like uh, drinking your own piss and it just has spare grills. You know, it's not because no, he it's loves doing that. It's because it's sterile and I like the taste. Taste. Patches of Hulahan. <laughs> I ain't crazy and I ain't some guy. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Rip Torn. I mean, Rip Rip Torn. <laughs> there you go. Pour one out for your homies. Rip Torn. Also great in Men in Black. But we're here to talk about Vikings. Indeed. And I want to get a little bit into the idea. The, we talked about a little bit when they started settling and shit like that. And like I said before, they, they weren't doing settling as a – they weren't pilgrims. They weren't trying to colonize the planet. They weren't trying to even conquer nations. They were not a nation state, a unified front. Uh, what they were was mostly opportunistic, which is the pirate's life for everybody, which is strikingly, like we mentioned earlier – but they couldn't have come around at a better time, and I think that's actually why we consider this part of history them coming around and why you know, they start to pop up as a major world player. It's not because they all of a sudden decided to start acting this way. It's because the world was panning out where it was a perfect time for them to swoop in and start taking shit down. The Roman Empire was in shambles. It already had split in half, and also it receded from its holdings in the United Kingdom, in Europe, and it started waning back down as this empire scaled back, these places had a power vacuum, and a power vacuum is a great place to start doing those uh, you know, targeted strikes and taking shit down. Yeah. What, 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 better time, part of what better time to attack than when there's a uh, massive lack of power across much of what you know of as the world? Perfect. Exactly right. So after the Roman Empire did scale back and became a shell of its former self, especially the Western Roman Empire, which is what we picture of Rome, it's like, you know, the legionaries and all that shit. Uh, not talking about like Constantinople and the, the eastern side of it. I mean, Istanbul. Is, there's another, this other empire crops up, Istanbul, is, um, which is called the Carolingian <laughs> Empire, but also we would know them better by their tribal name for the time, which is the Franks. The Franks are the ones who started the nation of Francia, or as we English people now call it, France. And that was under the leadership of a guy, you might have heard of him because of his rap name, Charlemagne the God. <laughs> anyway, Char Charlemagne. Charlemagne. Rap God. He was a big time guy. He was the, the power vacuum guy for the time. And unlike the Vikings, he was making a nation. He came from a place they would have called a barbarian. So they had these other, other tribes, such as the Saxons uh, that were around at the time. And Charlemagne was kicking their shit in. Uh, they were mostly like the, you know, the Germanic tribes of that time. So as he had his Carolingian Empire, that was the big empire that the Vikings were dealing with for the most part. They weren't getting to Rome for about 100 years after this initial thing when they started second that. What they were fucking with was France and the Frankish Empire. And when Charlemagne was in power, although there was a power vacuum in most of Europe, his shit was locked down. He, he was... He was still conquering stuff. He was turning people into Christians. He was a big guy who helped change the entire, you know, landscape of Europe into Christians. No more pagans. He was fighting wars. He was conquering land. He was saying convert or die. Um, I'm so glad that that religious streak is gone out of humanity now. No one's ever killing people from religion anymore because that was a, that was a bad time back in the 800s. I'm glad yeah, that's, that's all what, gone. 
and that's the last time it happened. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. It was I don't a dark time. They, I don't know how they nipped that in the bud and stopped it, but uh, it's a good thing hey, they, uh, did and they, they did. They wised up. They wise up because I mean, killing people for religion is bad, bad shit, and I can't imagine if that was still going uh, no. on now. It should always, how it should always be. Lives a, would be lost. It should always be about land or states' rights to have exactly. Uh, that's that's <laughs> how you'd fight a war over riches only, not over ideas. Uh, um, yeah, and so Charlemagne did a, did a good job at least defending the Frankish kingdom for the most part, but all these outside holdings were getting struck down and. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. As these Vikings were starting to strike, obviously the response time is, you know, molasses going uphill on you know summer day because it's just the will of the times. But they started trying to fortify these points, which included places like, you know, rivers. They would build up water forts and they started building forts everywhere just to try to defend these monasteries and these soft targets from the Vikings. So as far as when uh, Charlemagne was around. They didn't do a whole lot against the Frankish Empire. But, of course, like any great leader, when he dies, all his kids want to have a little piece of the kingdom. All his kids split the Frankish kingdom into three parts, and in come the Vikings. And they get all up in their business, including raiding Paris. Raiding Paris multiple times. (laughs) They they come back. Raiding season, they come back. Knock, knock, knock. Me again. We're the Vikings. And, (laughs) you know, because of the fact that they were around for so long, even – you know, after Charlemagne was gone, people were aware of these guys, and they didn't have a response to them besides, let's build a castle. That's going to take 20 fucking years to do that. We're not going to be good for that. So what they did, a lot of the time, was just pay them off. The Vikings weren't there to kill people. They were there to take They just shit. wanted money. So if, you, if they show up and you want to pay them, they are more than happy to do that. And within the following years, when these empires started waning down, that was a major part of how to deal with Vikings, which is like, you better save up all your silver... Save for all your gold, because when they come rolling through here in you know a couple months, we're gonna have to pay up, or you're gonna lose your farm yeah. and your life, particularly. And, uh, I a, read a, a very... fact that blew my mind about this. Sorry, go ahead. All right, I was gonna say uh, a very famous uh, uh, attempt to pay them off was one of the times when they did go to Paris, and you know, it was King Charles was in rule at the time with a legendary Viking, who I'm sure we talk more about later. One Ragnar. Ragnar Lothbrok, right? Uh, Lodbrok was his actual last name. Sorry, Lothbrok. in the show. Uh, My bad. He, uh, King Charles, you know, said, oh, here's 20 tons of silver to keep you away. That's Never a lot of silver. us again. And uh, Ragnar went, yeah, sure, no thing. We'll take that. And the next day they raided Paris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they weren't <laughs> great deal makers. They were like, what are because you going to do? And I... You know, once the word got out, they're like, oh, wait, they can afford to just pay us. Let's take it and then see what else they kept for themselves because they can't give us everything. Yeah, they're working on working on the old, you know, noble honor system of making deals because they weren't in the practice of nation building. So what, why do you have to shake hands with these people? You can come back the next day and say, what are you going to do about it? We're going to take you down. Yeah. You know, they fuck them up. And that was also the response for when the major nations would try to send envoys to Scandinavia and be like, we just like a deal with you guys. You keep coming over here, you keep raiding, and we need to put a stop to it right now. We're, we're tired of this shit. And they'd just be like, oh, those guys? Oh, yeah, those are the other ones. And then they'd be like, well, if you pay <laughs> us, us, if you pay us, we'll take care of them, and then you don't have to worry about them anymore. And then they'd pay them, and then they'd go, yeah, you guys are fine, just keep coming. And they'd be oh, by the way, it was us anyways. <laughs> like, they just yes. wouldn't fuck with them, and they, and they would just Bye-bye. keep paying it out. That's what I was going to say, the stat that I read, which it blew my fucking mind, because you think about the sheer numbers of this and the, the terror that the Vikings were raining on Europe, 
because of all of their nobility, their wealth, their nation. They're all, you know, we're the austere beacons of the world. They paid 40% of their total wealth during that 100-year span to bribing Vikings for not raiding them. That doesn't count stolen riches. That doesn't count any actual raiding. 40% of all the money was paid to them. What they the willingly fish. gave Here up. Not the stuff that was taken by force. That was taken by force? I don't know how high that number is. It's got to be even uh, higher. You know, it's much, crazy. much more. But they, they had their way with them. And, and unlike other times in history, before and afterwards, like we said, this is, these aren't massive armies going toe-to-toe. This isn't 20,000, 30,000 people clashing together at you know the River Rhine after t- two decades. It's like 800 guys come in, fuck you up. 700 guys leave with all your shit and good night nurse. That's it. And only during that time was this so feasible because, like we said, the European uh, state was shaky. And the Vikings just had the perfect time to come in and do that shit. And eventually when they kept going back and they ran out of silver, they started giving them land. And France is like, I don't know, Nor- Normandy. You're the Northmen. You can have the Norman. You can have Normandy. Normandy. And that, that's and what uh, that. jump-started their whole their colonization period. They start like, hey, yeah. we can farm this land almost year round. We don't just have two months where we can do <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> and it's it's faster to raid them because we're like, they're like right there now. <laughs> just, yeah. just jump over the corner. <laughs> the same thing happened in uh, England, which is what they called the Dane Law, which is uh, a giant swath of England where Vikings took over and they said, here's where the rules are now. We don't uh, start a nation here, but as far as you're concerned, you belong to us. This whole section's ours, and uh, that whole eastern part of england was all viking territory for very many years after that and a lot of their culture and like i said their genes are still there including the uh the city of dublin in ireland which they started the same thing started as a viking port to take goods back to the homestead and it only took a couple hundred years for the people who actually lived in dublin to overthrow the chains of the vikings and say actually it's ours now and the vikings are like yeah we don't fucking care um see now i i was under the impression that dane's law uh permanently banned Dane Cook from performing in the UK. No, oh, that's the Cook's law. But ah, I can see why you might get naturally. confused, for sure. Uh, but yeah, and that's, some of that stuff is what led to, uh, over time, some Viking blood uh, seeping into the royalty at the time in the United Kingdom. Where yeah. you start having uh, half-bloods, if you want to be so barbaric. The half-blood prince. <laughs> and not not just uh, raiding, but exploration. Like the fact that the Vikings made it to Greenland, Iceland. Yeah, you should get into that aspect of it if you wouldn't mind talking about that, Dan. They weren't just always killing them. They were some of the yeah, best. Yeah, I think like said, I think you could honestly make a lot an of argument of just like the best seamen of all time when you when you truly look. Well, I, I would make the argument that I have that, but I'd say that obviously the Vikings are in the. Convention. Yeah, they, they it's use. It's just crazy this, when though. you look when you look. At... <laughs> Good point. Someday though, we might get there. When you look at a map of like how far they've actually made it from, like you said, like the Black Sea, you know, Constantinople, all the way to, you know, basically the Americas, Americas, yeah, America, yeah, it's insane, and not only that, yeah. like. Yeah, yeah Newfoundland. Yeah, and like fighting the natives there—that's crazy. Like the the try to visualize like Indians fighting Vikings. You know, that's just like sounds like it's out of a video game almost. Yeah, and hundreds and hundreds of years before any what we would consider the uh, discovery yeah. of the Americas, the Vikings were already there so ahead of time. Yeah, yeah including like I said uh, founding yeah, Iceland, founding Greenland, there. which is one of the best marketing <laughs> true, schemes yep. of all time. Calling yeah. the place that Greenland. Was, that, was, that, that was Eric. It's only a that couple was Eric months out. 
Eric the Liar. Well, he was uh, banished. And uh, of course, do you, do you know a decent amount. About yeah. 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 So he, he, ban- he was. I forget I why his dad was banished. Yeah. No, Leif yes, Erickson exactly, is his yeah. son. No, no, yeah, Eric. And he was yeah. banished also. Yeah, Eric. Uh, yeah, it ran, it ran oh. in the family. But Leif Erickson is the one that found yes. America, and that's why we have Leif Erickson Day, which I believe is October tenth. Or eighth, one of the two. Yeah, you look at those Viking longboats, and it's literally just like no cover. I just the the idea of it's got to be <laughs> miserable. miserable. Oh yeah, it's totally yeah. insane. Just taking shits off the side of the ocean. And... Oh well, that's not the hard part. The hard part's just not not, not oh, freezing. That's a pretty bad one. Yeah. The hard part is getting is staying hard when there's twenty <laughs> guys looking at you. <laughs> But when that ocean wind crosses your cheeks, I mean, there's something innately sensual that, about that. It, that's a moray. That's a mure. That's a mjolnir. That's a mjolnir. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, just cool. It, it's it's amazing. It's, I think a lot more uh, of, you know, over time, what is society today? It's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Viking influence, a lot of stuff. For they were just so intelligent, and uh, if I was more prepared, I would have more information clean, about what I'm trying to say. Well, act like you do. Vikings and Scandin- <laughs> Scandinavians were like incredibly ahead of their time with bathing techniques and style and hygiene and. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I didn't realize that Vikings were so into, like, their hairstyles. Apparently, they'd actually take um, soapstones, these weird rocks that they found, and they could use them to bleach their hair. Yeah. And uh, they all wanted to be blonde. Like, that really was, like, the ideal look. So, well, eventually, eventually, they succeeded. Yeah, yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah. And it's so, it's so like, uh, the antithesis of that European, or, like, that Mediterranean, I should say, style of the of the olive skin yeah. and the dark hair. And, I mean, think about, like, the culture of most of Europe was was Rome and then the barbarians, which had a yeah. blanket name for everybody else, which is millions yeah. of people. Everyone who wasn't but, Roman. Yeah, everyone is not Roman. There's, you're the Pretty Roman much. and you're barbarian. And, yeah, that's a completely opposite, you know, style technique. I mean, even the fact that we all wear pants now in the modern age is a, you know, a Germanic and Scandinavian cultural thing. They Having facial hair, wearing pants instead of skirts, and, uh, all the different, you know, techniques of, you know, wearing fur and all these different, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like anti, what do you call it? Like anti-cold anti-flammatory. stuff? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just losing uh, my vocabulary uh, here. But, warm you know, warm clothing. Seeming. Warm clothing, yeah. It comes from their culture yeah. and their designs. <laughs> yeah. And when they said that, they say these guys have big mustaches, blonde hair, and, and pants on, and, and they're freaking us out. And a lot of these you know, edges of what you call Roman civilization, at some point, the Vikings weren't becoming Roman. The Romans were becoming more Viking. In some places at the edges of Rome, you'd think, is this even part of the Roman Empire? This seems like a, you know, a, a barbarian tribe, but they were just, the culture seeps in. It's just like today, we, I mean, obviously we have the excess of the internet and radio and television, but culture doesn't stop at the city walls. It can spread throughout, and Viking culture definitely did a big aspect of that obviously it worked two ways right so a lot of the viking clans became christian they became 
more European in a way, at, at that way, more Mediterranean. They try to kind of assimilate there and kind of make their own thing. But at the same time, it happened the opposite way. I mean, look at those places like that Dane Law up in England. I mean, a lot of that was all just, you know, those Europeans classically becoming Vikings. Places like yeah. medieval Europe and medieval England has a lot to do with what the Vikings did. Uh, sometimes a lot more than what the Franks or the Romans did at all. The Vikings were running yeah. shit. And I mean, and when you when you start getting those, you know, Viking settlements in the other countries, I mean, sure, yeah, they're still, you know, raiding nearby villages and stuff. But over time, it starts like, ah, well, you know what? You know, I've gotten to know you. You know, we've established a pretty good farming community here. We can make enough money. We don't have to go and rob you. And that's they start, you know, cultures start to collide. Yeah, that's worth mentioning. Obviously, a giant part of a giant part of the culture is trading and selling goods. It's not all raiding. Like the more they got into it, like I said, the Vikings no, are an aspect a, of that culture, but they're not the entire culture. No, it's, it's, I mean, anytime you don't have like an established system of government, okay, what do you have for me? What what can what I you, what, can what I do can for I, you? Or what what can I give you so you don't have to fucking kill me? It's basically all it comes down to. That's human history. In a nutshell, really. <laughs> yeah. What can I give you so you don't kill me? Or what can you give me so I don't kill you? Let's get it over with. But yeah, I mean, even the, the term that we they, they consider most like proper English people to be is the term you use called Anglo-Saxon, which is a combination of two different cultures. The Angles, which come from Scandinavia, and the Saxons, which come from uh, Central and Northern Europe, or the Germanic tribes. The Saxons were put to the sword by those Frankish armies, and they were squeezed in by cultures like the Picts and the Jutes and the Angles, which were all different Viking clans that basically took over all of what we consider the United Kingdom now. Most of the culture there is not the native people before the Romans came along, and the Roman influence is not much there anymore, besides the fact that they have, you know, London and Rhodes. That's the most Roman thing still there. Beyond that, it's people who live there and put up Stonehenge, and then all the Anglo-Saxons that showed up to make England what we consider England today. Yeah. Now, I think another thing that uh, kind of helped the Vikings when they did start spreading their cultures to other countries was how uh, important their own culture was to them, was whether it's their sure. mythology or their rituals or even just, like, burial practices. Like, they really respected their dead. And, you know, everyone always thinks like, oh, yeah, Viking funeral, we'll put you on a ship, we'll shoot a flaming arrow at you. It's like, you know, that's not really, we don't really have a ton of evidence that that's actually what happened. Yeah, it but more there's a reason why we remember that. That's the coolest burial. <laughs> yeah, ever. obviously. It's like, I mean, there's a reason why it's I'm famous. There's a, like, that's fucking There's a reason cool. why Rocket Gibraltar is a movie. You know why uh, you know, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin's like six years old in it. But, Do you imagine uh, the pressure, I too, mean, to hit that, hit that shot? I mean, the pressure must be immense. <laughs> it's... It's already hard enough my to speak at a funeral. Wish. Imagine shooting an arrow at a funeral. I'd be pissing my pants. Yeah, pants. See, that, that'd be the that'd be that'd be the ultimate like fuck you to your rivals. Be like your last dying wish is like, I want Joe to shoot the arrow at my boat, knowing that you've never shot an arrow a day in your life. It's like, god damn it, everyone's watching me. I gotta fucking try this because even still, after your rival died, you're still like, hey, I still gotta send him off to the afterlife in the most you respectful got, way possible. To. Respect. Uh, I brought I brought thirty five arrows. If that's not enough. Uh, I'll swim out there with a torch and light myself. <laughs> uh, you finally hit the shot, but the fire goes out. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> it, up again. it gets too far away. You're like, God damn it! It's like, Go after him. Um, Can't be. But uh, no, more commonly, uh, and that's one of the things that uh, really s sparked the uh, archaeological uh, 
like them archaeologists trying so hard to, to discover so much about the Vikings is, you know, they knew a little bit about them, but it was in the early 1800s when they uh, discovered the first major burial site where it was it was a Viking longship buried, vis- like visible ship. from the shore. You could see it, it was underground, but it was like it wasn't flat. It was like they put dirt over it, like you could see the shape of it. Uh, complete with a couple different people inside. There were warriors, and that's when they discovered that if uh, you know if they died in battle, say they got decapitated, they would line the head up like it how it should be when they bury it. Bury it with mm-hmm. they would uh, often if it was royalty, they'd often kill a slave and put it to slave with them, and uh, yeah. they would get uh, weapons, uh, money. And they could cro- see the marks food. on the bones. They could see the cracked bones, the fractured skull. To be like these people did not die in bed; they died and at the battlefield. Even their bones. They knew it was from concubines. Battle. I heard that, but uh, it, it was one of the every. I heard every. Yeah. Uh, there was this oh, yeah. ritual where like. If a chieftain died, the concubines would be buried with him, but, like, all the guys would get, you know, one last time with her before they sent her off. <laughs> right. What yeah, a way to go. Lot of, Don't you lot want to honor your king? Like, well, not really, but this like, is how it's going to be. <laughs> not one of the uh, shield maidens yeah. that decided on that law, I'm sure. <laughs> no. I don't think so. Of, That's not the Dane law. A lot of, a lot of That's uh, the Harvey Weinstein sick. law. <laughs> Yeah, there Come was on, definitely honey, a lot one of more like, time. Hey, that before I kill you. That guy died. Oh, all right. We should kill her too. Yep. Throw him with him. It's only right. It's, like, it's only right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a big, a big thing the, uh... was to make sure that they could uh, survive their journey to the Fair. afterlife. They needed everything they would need in the real life. You know, it's uh, like a pharaohs and all. <laughs> yes. Bones and all. <laughs> I didn't um, say bones. Yeah, that's one of the best. Yeah, I know. That's one of the best um, examples we had of. <laughs> of Vikings is, like we mentioned briefly earlier, they didn't write down a lot of their history. Most of their writings in runes, so you have these short phrases or statements. So all these long-form things like the Viking sagas where we know the stories of their mythology or their heroes, this all came 100 years afterwards written by other Europeans talking about the Vikings, which is why even in the year 2023, we're still trying to find out new things about them and parse out the bullshit from the actual facts because... They weren't really good at like archiving their history because obviously most of it was oral tradition. And even though that's a great way to pass it down in culture, writing things in paper or even better in stone is a much better way to hold on to the actual history of what's happening. So a lot of what we know about them is very, very recent. That's why we have these misconceptions about like what they were like or what their culture was like or even that they had horns on their helmets instead of, you know, buried with horns because they were using horns in as drinking or as you know actually blowing horns and making sounds um is because we're archaeologically digging up these things and finding it one of the best examples was was like dom said it was another long ship and it had 30 people in it and because of the particular clay that it was buried in it hermetically sealed the whole ship so they could find leather they found clothing i mean it was like a gold mine of all the stuff so it was almost a perfectly preserved burial site they could find all these things out about the vikings which you would never have found from their writings or just you know skeletons beyond that and with that boring statement i think i should mention the fact that dom is no longer on the podcast are you okay there dom and so as dom was saying uh why should i pay you today for uh tuesday for a cheeseburger today anyway Uh, that's that's almost exactly what he said all the words were there (laughs) all the words were there in order (laughs) 
Well, yeah, so like you said, a lot of what we know about Vikings is because we found these burial sites with all the people still in it. They didn't write about it, so that's how you find out shit about, like, the amount of uh, wealth they were buried with, these Viking burials, all these ships, and also the amount of wealth and power that women had in the community. One of their best finds ever was an 80-year-old woman, they think, and she was super powerful and wealthy, and she was buried with all this shit, including a 50-year-old woman who's genetically probably from Eastern Europe, which means one of the people they picked up and took on the uh, hitchhiker's ride home. And she was 50, so I'm pretty sure they didn't get her when she was 50, so she probably served her for quite some time. For a very long uh, time. Yeah. yeah. I'd say so, Some of the times when they were 40 some years, the times, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> some of the times when they were picking up slaves, they were like, you know, the slave ship would come in, which, you know, some guy would show up like, oh, I got seven options for you this time. And they'd be like, oh, I've never seen someone who looks like that before. Give me that one. It was like yeah, the, it was like almost like collecting exotics. They were like, a po- sorry, not Polynesian. An Asian. Give me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And, you know, obviously it's horrific and terrible, but to, to be fair to the Vikings, it was not a uncommon practice in the world at that time. It, the Vikings weren't the only ones selling no. slaves. As there's a market for it, I'm not forgiving yeah. the practice, but it wasn't just them; it was everybody. Unfortunately, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. The amount of well, that's human where suffering the slavers involved. made so much more of their money. It's like if I can go to the Middle East and get some people and bring them back to Scandinavia, I can get a pretty penny for those people. Sure, you might even get a wooden nickel if you're lucky. Could even be a boat. Could even be a long ship. Who knows? <laughs> Alright, so uh, but, uh, let's, take our, let's take our next... Unless you have anything more to say, let's just take another break. Oh, uh, no, I forgot we were going to take a break, because I... Well, if, if we're going to... Yeah, no, we can, take a, we can take a break. We can take a break. I know what yeah, I'm going to Yeah, then, we'll, then we'll go into our final section here. That's okay, everybody. This will be fun to edit in the two-minute segment that I shouldn't even have started the thing back up, but yeah. I might just cut the whole fucking thing out. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, yeah. yeah, yeah you know. There's a lot of good jokes in there about Berserkers, so, you know. Yeah. Alright, hold on. That too. Before, before. After this. Oh, go ahead, Tom. No, 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 no. End it. It's supposed to, but it doesn't. And you have to have... Well, this, you know, this is where we're working very theoretically here. What if it is working out instead of me just going, no? I heard it. It's going to be a fucking fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's 3 a.m. We're just throwing the first time into our heads out about this fucking thing. All right, Mark, what's the theory on, like, why this doesn't work? Why? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the design of the blade is terrible. They, I Honestly, I think... The blades just, are the problem. It's not even just... The, the shape of it is bad, but even it should be at least three blades, not two. And if you, if you can get four... Yeah. A, a two-blade thing... They is, really kick with gas. It's never... <laughs> Give me the four blades, bitch. Welcome back to Toilet Wine with Joe, Dom, and Dan. We're talking about Vikings today, brother. And we just got to finish talking about all the history aspects of it. We wanted to get into the more, um, the larger-than-life shit. We just talked about the Viking funeral. Those kind of things that make them stand out in time. Uh, you put a pin in it, you go, that's fucking crazy. 
And one of those things is a legend of their fighting prowess in a particular type of fighter, a fighter rather, fighter vikinger, which is the berserker. And that has been through many tales, stories of fighting on the battlefield. And I tales thought that Dan would want to get into that. Tales all his time. Dan, what is a Viking Berserker, and why so, is it still talked about to this day? Legendary Viking Berserker. You can still use this character in most RPGs. Pick it in of the course. Dungeons and Dragons campaign. It is part of pop culture because it is just... Yeah, so, like every culture has their, like, A-class where it's like, you know, you might have a knight or a samurai, and the Vikings, they got the Berserker. That's like their A-plus character. They have the, the Berserker, and uh, there's... Like all things in, you know, Scandinavian history, it's hard to know specifics because, as you mentioned, Joe, they don't write anything down. Um, yeah, it's so as much myth as it is reality. It's myth. It's from, uh, they have, I mean, they have carvings and there are stories of berserkers existing and, you know, they do think that they existed. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're a pretty crazy, fearsome warrior where, as we mentioned earlier, you picture uh, these berserkers as being during that time period as very large humans like you you gotta imagine that when the scandinavian guys like it was it wasn't the tiny skinny guy that was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be a berserker i think i think i'm gonna go for that so yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's one of those jobs that chooses you <laughs> exactly yeah. it's yeah. like if you're six foot five and you're 12 years old guess who's playing basketball whether you like it or not like yeah. when you're a, when you become a berserker i think like the whole clan is like yeah you're yeah, yeah. You're the you don't you're have to guy. Apply for the job. You basically are the guy. Yeah. So, things that were pretty legendary about berserkers is they were known for going into battles with no armor, no clothes, um, and when I mean like no clothes, just like naked, like fully, hated, naked. fully naked, fully, fully going naked. into battle, which is I mean, can you imagine the terror the of going to going into battle with armor, chainmail, shield, everything? It'd still be terrifying. Take all that yeah. away, the vulnerability you'd feel yeah. to be completely naked. Yeah. But you can translate that exactly opposite on your enemy. This guy's yeah, fucking like crazy. What else is he capable of? He's, he's, gonna do he's this. naked. He's running at us. He's screaming like confidence. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. got to make a psychological go, go a impact. Lot. Yeah. It's hard to obviously quantify in history. Is that, how do you psychologically weigh different battles? Like you can say, they had this many men, here's the, you know, training, here's the environment, you know, the tactics, whatever. But how do you actually, like, quantify fear? Like, what is that aspect of it? Yeah. Morale, you know, is there such a thing as momentum in a battle? I think it's all true. Even just from playing sports, you can tell those aspects of it. You can feel it. But the stat sheet will not read, the guy was fucking huge and crazy. We were all scared out of our pants. We only scored <laughs> one first down the whole game. I mean, but he there is going an berserk. aspect of that. He was going berserk. I mean, that's that's why that <laughs> being <laughs> berserk is an adjective because of berserkers, right? That, that's that's their thing. Um, yeah. So the idea behind a berserker getting his rage and power was this idea of shape shifting and basically taking on this uh, animal's form, whether it be a bear or or a wolf or you know some other predatory animal. And basically, yeah. almost fighting in that style. And I know they also used uh, special substances, which I feel like Dominic knows <laughs> a little more yes, about this. Yeah. It helps get you the right mindset. Right? Help that, yeah, it, I guess Berserker actually means like bear cloak. Like when they put on that bear cloak, they thought they became bears. And I feel like you need a little they something. They become the bear. 
special to help you think you became a, a yes. bear. And uh, yeah, the way that they did that was I. I will say I don't know that they know a hundred percent, but it, it's the leading theory. It's like one of those things. Anything where you're trying to figure out about a civilization through, you know, what someone else said about them and going through their grave sites, you know, you, you never yeah. know a hundred percent anything. True. Uh, but the the you know leading theory for how they would go berserk was uh, uh, you know something that has been talked about on this podcast before. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm sure, uh, I'm let me guess, they would go on Facebook on for 20 minutes? I mean, have you ever gone on there and read <laughs> stuff? Like, I'm going crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it got touched on in the DMT video episode, which I did not watch. Uh, they would take magic mushrooms. Check it out. And, you, know, you know, they'd use that psilocybin inside to, you know, they would basically hallucinate into being the you know, psilocybin inside a, them. I am a bear. I can go into battle. Humans can't kill me. I'm a bear. And they would just go for it, and you know they would take out. They would actually believe that's what they were doing, and yeah, the, it was just the the confidence and just the pure like you can't stop me. The enemies just didn't know what to do. The belief in it. I mean, there's obviously modern examples of that today. You see, or see a cop try to take down a meth head or a guy on PCP takes yeah. like eight nine guys. Yeah. The guy's got no clothes on, no weapons. These cops <laughs> got guns. They got mates, got tasers. They still can't get the guy down. If his berserk is anything like that, there's no wonder it goes down in history as a legendary <laughs> fighting warrior. I mean, it's just nuts. I totally believe that this happened. I don't know if it exactly happened the exact same way. There's myths and legends, all this shit. Uh, the guys weren't eight feet tall. They didn't breathe fire. You know, it's all exaggerating kind of shit. But no. like, I believe for for sure there was these guys who were. However, you have to get there. If you have to do, you know, some kind of, you know, substances, or you just even getting your mind into some meditative state, you can mind over matter your way into "I am invincible," and people will uh, respond. And a lot of times, when people are on drugs like that, the next day, obviously, it's not just a hangover. Your muscles are torn up. Your body is like, destroyed. But you can overclock your body, have extra adrenaline jumps, and just go nuts. And your body can like always turn it up more into the point that basically your body's job is not to have you die so when you get to those points if you're of sound mind and you're being reasonable and you're that fight or flight response is still in your head your body will wind things back it'll take the adrenaline down it'll give you those pain response it'll let your muscles give out not because you're physically incapable because it's trying to protect you for later you always want to survive the next day but if you can really turn all that shit off and just let your body do its fullest potential and basically rip yourself to shreds, you can do things that people can't normally do. And it seems yeah. from the tales, uh, especially from their enemies, that this is what Berserkers were doing in battle. And I would not want to run into it. Yeah. So even if, uh, you know, your whole point is, you know, like, oh, well, we got to kill these people to get to the, the gold or, I mean, the silver, it, you know, we don't have, if we don't have to lose 50 men, then let's not do it. Let's send this one crazy motherfucker out there we can get half of their troops to retreat because they're scared of a yeah, they might just give giant. Up. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> then, uh, then, yeah, let's, let's try fight. it. Let's try it. It's a no-brainer. Um, speaking of one-man berserker armies, did you want to talk about uh, the Battle yeah. of Stanford Bridge yep. now? Or, okay, okay. So this... Nope. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it now. This, okay. Uh, it's basically the last major invasion of the Viking Age, and... It was like nine thousand Viking warriors uh, invade yeah. under the rule of King Harold. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah who uh, was a who was a half blood? Yeah, it was a half blood. 
He is one of the only times you can consider like Vikings as a nation because under his rule, he started unifying Norway, all, all these separate kings and tribes. He started basically saying, you're either going to sign up and join my whole clan here or you're going to be killed. So a lot of people did yeah. join him and he basically did his unification. Also, of uh, one, one of his main uh, forms of unification was uh, he started to adopt Christianity and use that as a way to connect the people. Mm. Religion's good for that. Always. Um, yeah, so, so ahead, they were man. they were going against, what, 10,000? I mean, not English. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah 10,000. Franc. Franks. Uh, like 2,000 horsemen. But any, anyways, the, the battle pretty much all collided at this one bridge location. And uh, the... Basically, the Vikings are very much caught off guard at the speed of the Frank, Frank's, you know, attack. And uh, we're really starting yeah, to... This is an opportunity where they've been striking for so many years, they finally could muster an army and come back, which I have to believe yeah. most of this time, if they were, and this is not a fair fight, if they were going toe-to-toe with the Frankish army, they would get their asses kicked. That's why they did so well. So when you have yeah. come into a situation where they I mean, go, now yeah, we're ready is, for this it. This is yeah. almost... Now you're in trouble. This is almost... Th- yes. Well, this is almost 300 years after they started attacking France. Like, they've had time to, you know, yeah, be like, all right, well, we're going to stop this now. It's like, yeah, we can't yeah. keep doing this. Right. Yeah, so... No, go ahead. I just want to throw that in. No, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, so, yeah, basically saying up the scene, the Vikings are retreating, the Franks are advancing. Uh, it looks like it's going to be an absolute slaughter until one Viking barbarian steps out on the bridge while... All of the vi- other Vikings retreat. Like Berserker, right? A Berserker. Steps yeah, out on yeah. the bridge. I mean, you he's have... saying the D&D thing where it's a barbarian. They're all barbarians. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Say barbarian. yeah barbarian, <laughs> Berserker. Berserker. Yeah. Berserker barbarian. Yeah, yeah. And sure. uh, he steps out on the bridge and faces down the entire Frankish army. And, uh, yeah, legend goes, wow. or story goes, that he took down 30 men. While they were trying to get by, I took down 30 men, and the only way they were able, able to take out this berserker was uh, one of the guys snuck under the bridge, swam under it, and then stabbed him from down below, and that's how they took him out. Wow, yeah, that's your only <laughs> shot. You can't even see you coming, or you're yeah. fucked. I mean, just the psychological damage of that alone. Even if he took down two guys, and it exactly, took that long, yeah. and they all stopped, that would be huge. Yeah, you know, entire army. Wild. Yeah, and uh, I mean... And I mean that incredible feat from that berserker. You know, it bought you know the Viking army a lot of time, but it still wasn't enough. You know, eventually the, the Frank troops did make it to the shorelines where they were camped out, and they did, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, when they went over there, they left with 270 ships to go do this attack on France, and only 30 again, ships give or take, back you know, to Scandinavia. Well, not exact number, roughly. That's yeah. So it was the first major loss in uh, the, the Viking time that eventually led to basically the beginning of their downfall. Yeah, everyone's got their Waterloo, even before Waterloo. That's true. So, so yeah, vampires so the vampires are. Pretty badass. <laughs> this is New York. Not going to raise my voice. <laughs> Where are all the bums? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could get that too. Imagine being a part of a whole army. You know, you got a thousand guys behind you. But at the same time, it goes, you go, go. 
No. No. <laughs> There's a ton of us. Someone still has to be the first guy to get chopped down by this guy. Fuck now. Why don't you guys all go first? I'll be the guy who goes under the bridge with the spear. And... No. <laughs> do it to the old quiet up there. To, uh, yeah, kill do the, the old broomstick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was actually an 80-year-old lady that went into the river. And, like, and I guess I guess that whole uh, battle is interesting because the only historical perspective is from the Franks. And they say that, you know, it's very normal for the other side to downplay heroics of the other side. Where basically, sure. I guess, even, a, even the yeah. Franks were astonished at yeah. this war. So, so how, many, yeah, how many men did he really kill? They're like, we can't They're deny like, this guy. We can't say 100. 30 is pretty good. We'll say no. it was 30. Stopping the advance of the entire army. It's just, you know, insane. Yeah, it's true. It was almost like if you had the Battle of Thermopylae from the perspective <laughs> of the Persians, and they're like, those guys were fucking crazy. Like, you only get, usually you only get the other version of it, the heroic side. But yeah, written from the enemies, which is, like we said multiple times, how we have most of Viking history. It's written sure. from their victims, their enemies, their you know their aggressors. It's all from the other side. So a lot of it was just picked up otherwise. But that's a great story from what they said about them. You know, after we said hundred plus years of dealing with them, they finally amassed the army to do it, and they're still like, even then, one guy in the bridge, <laughs> we were pretty much fucked. Yeah. <laughs> So, Don, what would they right. do to folks if they did? Uh, well, they captured a lot of people, and, they, and of course, they were yeah. as brutal well, uh, as anyone well, this, at the time. Yeah, I should I should say before is, uh, this, this is another thing. We're, we're hearing it from the perspective of the victims, and it's part of demonizing the other. These pagans, you know, they're cutting off kids' heads in the woods and burning them to their satanic gods and all this other stuff. So you got to take it with a grain of salt, but this is multiple stories told about this thing. And much like Berserkers, yes. it's a pin in history. It's and, uh, a thousand years old. We're still talking about it now because it's like, holy shit. What am I yeah, talking it's about? A, it's a, you know, I mean, they're, they're a very... You know, we've talked with the very uh, ritualistic people. You know, their religion was huge sure. to them, the paganism. They, they did, you know, they did human sacrifices a lot. You know, it meant a lot to them. It, they had this one particular form of punishment that uh, a lot of times was saved for, you know, other Vikings that betrayed you or, mm-hmm. like, the most prominent of your enemies if you were able to capture them. And yeah, this is isn't just killing people. Eagle. This is really making them pay for what they've done. So you have to be wrong. It's basically, I mean, torture. they're not—they're not rolling up in the monastery and being like, "All right, you guys really fucked me over." Like they know they're the aggressors in this, but it's like uh, you know, it's treason. Then, you know, to quote Palpatine. Yes, and th- and this wasn't you know, you know the the what became France's big like ah oh, yeah get a crowd put a machine chop their head off that's it. Now this was a very like. This meant something. Everyone gathered. It was at night. There was a lot of fire around. There was a stage you would get onto. It was very ritualistic. The yeah, like you said, not just an execution. You, it was a ritual. It was like a, almost a yes. religious practice. It was a cultural event. The person who condemned you to the Blood Eagle was the one that would execute it. Blood Eagle. Wear... First time we said it in the podcast. I said it once you talked over it, though. Um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll see that in the edit. I'll be like, shut up. <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, in the Blood Eagle, the whole thing is, you know, you would march the victim in, they would kneel down, and they would, I don't know how much you can see in the video, but you'd put your arms up, and you'd be tied. And they would cut the back of your shirt open, and with a hatchet, they would start cutting away on the outsides of your spine to try to break the rib cage away from it. From the back. 
And then once all the ribs were broke free because of the tension on it and with your cartilage, the, oh. the rib cage would cave in on itself. And it would pull your skin and it would almost look like wings. That's why it's called the blood eagle. But an added part to it is, especially, you know, if it was against another Viking, was if you were able to sit through that form of execution without making a sound, then you would still get to go to Valhalla through the death. But if you couldn't take I mean, it and you cried out in pain, then it was, oh, well, you're just dead. You're not getting an honorable death. <laughs> it's like that's crazy that's like the witch trials where it's like if you drown you're not a witch it's like well then i can't really <laughs> win here like, if you don't make a sound when we torture you then you're kind of a winner it's like uh you're torturing me yeah. i also thought that they, they pulled their lungs out the back of their yes yeah, that yeah not true yeah. that yeah, was also part of it reached in and but they you know they, they i'm sure they didn't usually make it alive for that part to happen Ugh. But uh, yeah, and it was it was also common practice during any form of sacrifice to uh, collect the human blood and use it in the rest of the because you know well, you can't again, waste it. It's the mushrooms, blood. It's just powerful. The mushrooms aren't just for the berserkers. You know when I've they did these it. rituals, that was that was like a party. Oh, we're doing we're doing a sacrifice tonight. We're doing a blood eagle tonight. Everyone gets together. They, you know, can you? Oh my god! Can you imagine having a about having a bad trip? Let's let's all eat mushrooms and watch someone be bloody. No, they do it afterwards because they celebrate <laughs> after it's done. <laughs> like that, man. Totally fine. And uh, yeah, they would use they would use the blood for stuff like make markings on stuff. And yeah, it was you know some real real solid paganism. Oh yeah, that's that's classic pagan. If I ever did hear it. Uh, I think that that dovetails perfectly into Norse mythology because you mentioned Valhalla, which is a huge part of. We talked about Viking culture growing up on these shorelines and this harsh environment and how it forms the, the people shore. and how they exist in the world. And their mythology follows the same way as well, which is obviously the biggest part of Norse mythology that everyone knows, even people who haven't seen the Marvel movies or read the comic books, is that if you die in battle, you go to a place called Valhalla. There is no heaven for Vikings there's no place where if you were a nice person and you fed the poor and you turn the cheek you go to a nice place no 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 you go to this place in the afterlife Odin's kingdom of Valhalla which the Valkyries will bring you up there and make you part of this place which is a never ending Viking heaven so during the days you go out and you fight a battle every day you fight and every night you go back to the great Mead Hall, the great longhouse of Odin, and you feast and you party and you fall asleep. The next morning you wake up, you do it all over again because you can't die now. You're in the eternal glory of battle forever. That is the you know the afterlife for Vikings. There's different kinds of afterlife they believed in, but that's the one you want to get into. That's the one that it's the eternal glory and the power of it. I just it's so different than the Christian heaven of. You be a good person, and you worship God, and then if you're lucky, you get to go to heaven after it's all over. In Viking culture, you don't get to go there because you're a good person. You don't get to go there even if you're a great warrior, and you fall asleep in your bed, and you get tuberculosis or any other plethora of diseases people would get at the time and still get today. You have to die in battle. Someone has to kill you while you're fighting. And that's why a great dishonor to Vikings would be to be executed or taken prisoner because you would die outside of battle which means that no matter how many battles you fought no matter how much glory you got in life if you die outside of battle you don't go to Valhalla you go to no. where all the other so lost you, souls you almost, you almost as, as much as you want to survive and you know 
go back to your wife and slave and have a three-way. Yeah. Uh, you also, you, you don't want to, if you are going to die, it better fucking be while you're out raiding. That's right. You, know, you don't want to have a heart attack while you're tilling your land and be like, oh, Ugh. shit, my life was for nothing. You'll die like one of those Franks or Romans, those pussies. You don't die like that. You have a heart attack from eating too much olive oil? <laughs> Fuck that. You got with your axe in hand. That's why so many great, like, Viking tales um, of, you know, infighting or fighting at war where they, they will... I don't know how much these stories are true either, but it's much like the Blood Eagle where you hear tales about it, which is that, you know, the how soldiers were, or warriors will die and they'll grab their axe for them and they'll hand them their axe and, like, you know, kind of send them off the afterlife and just yeah. kind of reassure them. Much like doing last rites in Christianity, being like, don't worry, you, here's your sword, you, you, it's a battle, we all agree, you're going to Valhalla, like, just kind of sending them off being like, you yeah. did fight a warrior's death uh, and don't don't fear because you're about to have you, you could, the eternal you been... party. You could have been shot in the arm with an arrow, you know, four or five days before the next battle. And it's like, well, you're going to die. Here's your sword. Go out first. It, yeah, it'll be, be in be battle. Fun. At least, you know, it's, let's we want make to guarantee sure that, like, we don't, we, don't want, we, don't, we don't want you to die at camp. We want you to be able to yeah. have, you know, your dream of getting to Valhalla and stuff. Of course. Yeah. That also reminds me of one of the also funny stories about the uh, women being on the battlefield and, uh, one of the times that they were invading France, this is years after Charlemagne, and they've already, you know, destroyed the whole thing. And it's before they got the king's army to show up, and they show up at this new bridge fort, which they're halfway through building. And there's stories of the, the Frankish soldiers dumping, you know, hot tar in them and doing chants like, yeah, fuck you, Vikings, get out of here. <laughs> and the Vikings were getting smashed up, and they would swim back to the longboats on this riverbank. And they're picturing that the, their wives and women would like take care of them, and they'd be like, "You're gonna fucking die in this boat. Get back out there." They're like pulling back in the water. <laughs> like, all right, fine. Their heads bleeding out. Like, we're gonna save you. You're gonna die in the boat. Get back out there. Get out. Like, what kind of cheerleaders are that? I guess it gets shit done though. You know, you get Valhalla after all. You can't die on the yeah. boat. You gotta get out there. And of course, Valhalla ruled over by the father of all the Norse guards. Norse guards. North guard. Gords. Uh, North. Norse gods is—it's uh, so easy to draw parallels. Say, oh, it's like Zeus or like Jupiter. No, they're all different. It's just easy for us Westerners to categorize them in, and all, of course there's similarities. But Odin is the father of the gods. He's got all kinds of sons and daughters. The more famous ones being, you know, Loki and Thor. They're the big ones that everyone knows about. But he's got tons more of them. And um, famously, only one eye. Uh, no, Nick Fury didn't steal it from him, and a cat didn't scratch his eye. He actually—if I get this right—he he gave it up on purpose in order to gain more knowledge. He sacrificed his own godly body to say, I will get one of my eyes to have the knowledge of foresight. Take one of my eyes, I'll now know what happens in the future, and that gave him the ability to know what was going to happen and basically be able to rule over all the gods. Obviously, all the gods have their own little abilities. You got Loki, he's a trickster. He can do all kinds of crazy, tricky magic. He ends up having a son that's a wolf that's going to end the world one day. <laughs> and he's got the other son called Thor, one of the greatest warriors, and his, his, hammer and his power to call down thunder from the, from the heavens. And, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not easy just to parse it out like a Greek god, but they all have their own things. But it's a very similar mindset, like we were saying about Valhalla, where much like the Greek gods are all about how the world is out to get you and they don't give a fuck about you, the Norse gods don't give a fuck about you either, but you can earn their respect through battle and through honor. And uh, it's not enough just to pray to them 
in the homestead and you know kill a couple goats. You got to get out there. You got to prove your shit if you want to eat oh, you, the, yeah. the you great meat of Odin. You got to do it. It was. I mean, I don't know. I don't know as much about you know the Greek and Roman mythology, but it almost like it, it seems like it was even so much more important to them to please their gods. It's like they were just that was their entire thing. Like as far as I know, yeah. Zeus didn't prefer for you to die in battle. He didn't care. No, no, he didn't. He didn't care one way or the other. He was like, "You're just gonna just worship me and then but, die, no, you bitch." <laughs> but uh, I think it's worth also bringing up the fact of the end of the world in Greek uh, yeah, in Norse mythology, which is what's behind Dan right now, oh, yeah. which is the idea of of the the world tree. Yeah, is is that all the different worlds? Uh, we live in one of them called Midgard. That's the planet Earth we call it. There's also Asgard, where most of the gods live. There's um, we talked and about the Skarsgard, the Skarsgard, selling Skarsgard. <laughs> there's all there's Jotunheim, which is where all the ice giants are from. Uh, which um, all the ice giants on Midgard were slain uh, by Odin, right? And he was like, "That's my claim to fame. Make sure there's no more ice giants here." There is fire giants. It's all you different the worlds. Pretty ones, There's though. Little... <laughs> <laughs> Very Viking of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just make it right. Um, but that there's all these different worlds, and they're all connected through one giant entity, which is this world tree, which holds the whole entire what we'd call the universe together, which is all these different worlds. So it wasn't that there's a place called Mount Olympus, or that heaven is a imaginary place beyond our reality is that uh you know asgard is real it's just as real as midgard it's just we can't get to it unless you go through the world tree or unless you have god powers to get there and like any great religion they have a story about how it's all gonna end like anyone in the history of humanity this podcast is teaching us or not just this podcast but also the little joe basement podcast <laughs> uh is that everyone thinks it's the end of the world when they're alive it's the height of hubris. It's part of being the human. Once you grow old enough to realize you're going to die, you figure, well, maybe everyone's going to die. It's going. It's all going to end right now. I, I'm, I live in a special time, a special person. It's Armageddon. It's Ragnarok. It's the end of days. And their particular Armageddon story, uh, it doesn't involve, you know, the Son of God coming down and judging people. It doesn't involve some great kind of flood. What it involves is more fighting. You better fucking believe it. Loki's son... Who, of course, is a wolf and not a person, but he had a son, a wolf. Well, His name's Fenrir. He's chained up in what was called their underworld, which is Helheim, which is unlike Christianity. It's not hot and lava and, you know, Dante's Inferno kind of shit. It's ice cold. And that's where all the lost souls of people who didn't prove themselves in life, you know, the people who just made nothing in their life or not just thieves and bad people, just normal people. Yeah, the who pe just didn't the people die that had a heart attack death. farming. Yeah, they're they're in oh, Helheim, which is the coldest, iciest place on Earth. So cold Fenrir. that you're getting burned from it. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, Loki had a son who lived with him in Asgard, and he he, he you know he banged an, an ice giant, as we all would be prone to do. They had a son who was a wolf, and the more that his son grew, he tried to hide him from Odin because obviously Odin hates ice giants. He killed like, all of them on Midgard, and the thing grew bigger and bigger and bigger, and the, the wolf Fenrir grew so big. They could not, no longer handle him, even as gods. So they locked him up in Helheim, and they chained him up. And they, real, it's a real Joe Exotic forever. situation. It's a real Joe Exotic. It is. It is. You get out me, you damn Fenrir. You stay down there, locked up. 
<laughs> and you bitch, Odin. The tale goes, as the end of days, there's two the, two giant beasts that'll be known by the, the Norse, one being Fenrir, the wolf, and the other being Jormungandr, which is called the World Serpent, which is a, a snake so large, his body wraps around the entire earth, and he can even, you know, go toe-to-toe with the world tree, if he wants to. So, when that Ragnarok happens, Armageddon, Apocalypse, whatever you want to call it, the legend Armageddon out of here. Uh, <laughs> that Thor, yes, right. That Thor will have to fight Jormungandir to defend the world tree from being torn to shreds, and Odin will have to live up to his grandfatherly duties and finally take on the young buck Fenrir, and Fenrir will fucking kill him. <laughs> and at the end of that, oh yeah, it's gonna be Ragnarok. That's baby, it. we're all dead. It's and if you end, don't die babe. in battle, you're not doing anything. Then, it's all over. Yep, you got to do it. And uh, actually, that uh, I forget when it happened because Ragnarok technically already happened. It was after the 2012 Mayan thing. Yeah, it was uh, Taika Waititi. It was a really successful movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but other than it. that, <laughs> by name, well, like, no, that. it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Mark Ruffalo wasn't in that movie. The Hulk was in that movie, and he played. Mark I think Ruffalo. I would have noticed if Ragnarok happened. Okay. You know, I think I would yeah. have noticed. Well, it, it was, was supposed to the the proposed date of Ragnarok through you know trying to understand mythology passed down by vocal two year enemies is that yeah, so rough. it was supposed to have already happened, but after the twenty twelve Mayan thing, <laughs> well, so was everything. You know, every apocalypse was supposed to have happened. No one wants to predict the world's going to end in three thousand years. See you later. No, the world's going to end uh, next year. Because you want to be part of it. It's a, it's a hubristic thing. Yeah. Part of religion is that. And I can also relate to the idea. Look at the world today. You're like, I can see this is probably the end of it. We're really putting Something our last chips in there. Something wrong with the world today. But you can look up, you know, ancient scriptures from 2,000 years ago. And there's a great, I wish I could remember where it's from. I'll see if I can find it for the pod. There's a great line where it's like, truly, this is the end Just... of days. There's no doubting it. Year 3,000 BC. Like, <laughs> They don't know anything can happen with a whole lot. All the, and they're like, this is no doubt. It's the end now. I mean, think about it. Like, like we, got, we got locusts. Um, we got, you know, the kids are uh, swearing. They're fornicating. Right. It's the end of days. It's, they're reading books. It's over. It's bad. And it still never comes. So, I mean, know, hey, that's uh, an interesting part of it. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. I can't believe told you us. stopped just to think of that. <laughs> the great <laughs> REM. Well, uh, when, you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you listen to this, uh, I, I just did three, three songs in a row. You didn't notice it until the third one. And then, I, then on the third one, I said the wrong band. Oh, nice. There you go. Well, <laughs> I yeah, said okay. Billy Joel. <laughs> Billy Joel. You know, classic Billy he Joel has song, the, the End of the World as We Know It. End of the World. We didn't start the fire? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wow, another fast '90s song. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. I think that about um, take us down to uh, you know the, the future of Vikings. Obviously, their their world tree, their roots are still planted in the in the world today. Uh, their their culture, their genetics, and even our fascination with them. What other 100 year pirate raid has taken the world by storm? I mean, most of the world still knows about them. I don't know about you know the the kind of raiders that happened in uh you know asia or or africa or all these things that i don't know of being part of western culture but as far as we understand vikings were a huge part of world history and they shaped nations they changed the course of the world and their culture is still on with us today and much like any civilization 
they didn't die out um, like all together. You didn't Pushes. kill all the Vikings, and there's no more Vikings anymore. I mean, they they lived on, and they they got culturally assimilated. A lot of them became Christians. A lot of them had their own land and became a new thing, and had to kind of catch up with the world because. Although raiding is a really good practice for getting rich quick, it's much like the mafia in America. Like you can do it for so long, but at some point you got to go legit, as they it's say. It's gonna, and, it, uh, it will Vikings, catch up to you. Yeah, and the Vikings, you, you uh, will, you will take a, while, a deal to save your life, so you can yeah, they, last longer. They went legit, and now you have you know kingdoms like now they're, now uh, they're Norway, too legit to quit. Too legit to quit. Kingdoms that like Norway, Ireland, England, Denmark. I mean, all these places are you know, or even you know, France, Normandy, yeah, places yeah. like that. Iceland, Greenland, the vestiges. Yeah. What do you say, Dave? Yeah, Iceland, that's... Greenland. Iceland, Greenland. Exactly. Great point. Yeah, they're, they're still they're still amongst us today, and uh, and I am one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But, I'm uh, Joe the I Red, do... uh, the weakest Viking I, I ever. Do, uh... I did, I did want to throw just one one last little qu- quick thing in there is uh, I sure. meant to say when we were talking about the, the excavations of the archaeologists and stuff. Uh, yeah, we got a little tripped up there because your connection is so bad. Eh, 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 eh. Ah. 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 the video? Um. You just did this, and you froze for like three seconds. <laughs> ah. uh. But uh, you know, uh, it's kind of similar to uh, Japan with their Damascus steel. Uh, the Vikings, they were so good at blacksmithing, and it could have been you know, a lot of times it's because of the minerals that are in the soil around where they're getting their iron ore. Uh, a lot of Viking swords they find today still have very intricate carvings into it that they can still very clearly see. Some of the swords are still sharp. So it was a, a big thing that helped them a lot. Is they just, whether it was... It's just something they developed or a natural land resource that helped them with this incredibly strong uh, iron work that a lot of their enemies didn't have. And all Vikings Yeah, tour... I think that, that's a... Sorry, we're going to say, Joe. Oh, okay. All Viking swords have, I mean, supposedly magic runes carved into them, which I think is so badass. Uh, and there are a lot of Vikings... Giving them power. Yeah, yeah. I love... There's a lot of uh, ballads and sagas of, like, famous Viking swords getting, like, actual names based off what they've done or who they've killed or how they've been reforged off of other swords just you know it sounds like something out of lord of the rings not like actual historical yeah mythical it's a magic weapon or it has a name being wielded by you know viking warrior it's just it's awesome yeah that's fucking awesome so and i was just gonna say it it just ties into what we're talking about it's that's your cultural impact you you're picturing Vikings is these barbarians on the, you know, they're grabbing clubs and they're naked. They're like, ah, I'm a crazy guy. No, they, they had their own culture and their cultures had to be more particularly towards war. They didn't develop candles and incense and all kinds of jeweled crosses like in Rome. They developed awesome weapons and they had technology in their own right. It's wrong to think of them as a bunch of cavemen waving around, you know, axes made of bronze. They had great technology where their yeah. ships their armor their weaponry i mean they 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 did what they did because that's who they were yeah. all right so i lost dan here and now he's got no feet yeah. i don't know do you see him dumb yeah i can see him that happened uh, in the first part of it for me well, i could still hear him when he was talking but i couldn't see, see his face oh. gotcha oh, well, i'll come out in the wash 
Uh, I think th- that being said, I think this is a great time for my favorite segment of the show, Final Thoughts. So we still do on toilet well, wine. Well, Dom- <laughs> Would you oh. like to go first and final thoughts? Or I think we should give it to our guest. That's what we usually do. That's our okay, yeah. I agree. That's yeah, cool with me. Uh, Dan, would you like to wrap up your final usually, thoughts? Usually I am the guest. I'm not used to this. All right. right, that's how I threw it to you. <laughs> so, yeah, as long or as short as you want, you don't have to go long. Or if you want to go long, go for it. Well, my first. What are your final thoughts on Vikings? My first thought is uh, thanks for having me on, guys. It was really fun, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, there'll be time for that. Oh, okay, okay. Is, is that the end? end? Focus on Vikings. Okay. Don't suck my dick yet, okay? <laughs> yeah. No, it would be a. Uh... Okay, so... No, sorry, go ahead in person. Yeah, Vikings. I think from what I've taken away just from our discussion, honestly, is that Vikings are incredibly mysterious and misunderstood from the lack of actual um, historical records we have of them. We have to piece it all together. Um, But the things that you do piece together about the Vikings and the Scandinavians is they were like an incredibly resilient, tough, badass culture um, that really was built around the warrior class system and created when you dedicate a whole society to warfare you're going to get these badass warriors which they obviously have with you know the berserkers and you know chieftains Um, yeah the six shield maidens maidens, the success that they've had just is proof to that Um, yeah so I would say basically the the you know the ultimate seafaring um uh boogeyman honestly <laughs> to the to to the uh the christians of that time i just can't imagine anything scarier in history than being on the shores of normandy and seeing a viking sail coming at you and seeing a dragon and then seeing uh viking warriors jump out of their ship and yeah um so basically possibly the greatest uh, seafaring people that the world has ever seen, and uh, some of the badass, most badass warriors the world has ever seen combined. That's what I take away from the Vikings. Well said. Certainly true as well. The best seaman I ever did say. <laughs> Dominic, would you like to go next? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll piggyback off Dan a little bit with the, you know, just how important. Uh, the ocean was to them. If it weren't for their ability to sail, they would not, like, we probably wouldn't even know who they were. They would have been some of those random French colonies that were getting wiped out or villages. I mean, but no, it was. Yeah, or all the things east of Scandinavia. Think about what what happened in Ukraine at the time. I have no fucking idea. It's not that it wasn't going on. It's that they weren't affecting the world in such a drastic way. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not talked about to this day. You know, they really just, Masters are like, well, this is what we have. We've been living here for a couple hundred years already. What can we do to, you know, start to expand? Like, how can we better ourselves by killing others? <laughs> and I mean, it's it's, it's a human tradition. Just, it really is. Naturally, naturally, as is tradition. Uh, it's you not know, it of course just, it's tradition. You know, it it really shows. Uh, I don't know. If, how important they were to history. We're still talking about them. And they would love to know that we're still talking about them. I'm sure they would love like, it. Yeah. They would love it. Like we're talking about berserkers. Like, Oh, we're, they're we're talking terrifying, with huge men. 
And they're like, yeah. you're fucking damn right, yeah. We, you, If you're not <laughs> talking about us like that, we will come and kill you <laughs> if we're still alive. <laughs> I'll come it's, down from Valhalla right now, and I'll turn this car around if you don't talk yeah. well about us. Uh, and, and again, how you know early they just had, you know, you know, as, as sometimes women were more powerful than the men. It was, you know, they, the gender roles were not what the traditional were, even like almost to like now it was better what they had back Even then. now, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, of course, like, uh, unlike a lot of our final thoughts on Dylan Joe Basement podcast, where you talk about supernatural shit that's total, absolute bullshit, and I have to do a five-minute speech about how it's all wrong, I completely agree with you guys on all the points you just made. It's so true. Uh, like I said, we're still talking about them today, so they made a big deal out of it. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think, um, as far as Western history goes, I, I admittedly don't know as much about, you know, Asian history or, of course, Native American history, North and South America. But as far as Western history goes, like they made such a large impact for such a small number of people. I mean, they really were they were not that many in number, and they are much more in number now. It's like um, almost an Abrahamic philo- philosophy would be like, there's so few of us now, but our generations will be as countless as the stars in the sky. And even a thousand plus years from now, there'll be a couple of guys on something called the Internet talking about us and how about how badass and cool we were and all our crazy shit and just the sheer effects of it. I think that's also smart to damper up the aspect of the exploration and that it's often lost on the Vikings. Uh, when you talk about them, they're, oh, they're all, you know, grow up to the shoreline, you know, grab the monks and cut their heads off and burn the whole thing down, and, ah, berserk and everything. But, I mean, they had these enormous trade routes. They spanned all the way, like you said, from the Black Sea all the way into the Americas hundreds and hundreds of years before most of Europe was even willing to admit there was anything there. I mean... Unlike, you know, history my teacher in grade school, they knew the world was round. They didn't know there was a big, giant America there. But you know who did know that? It was the freaking Vikings that were already there. So they were way ahead of the game in so many ways. And they were, as much as they were dominating, they were like history's underdogs. There was very few of them. They didn't hold any political power. They didn't have many resources that were so natural to the environment. And all the resources they did have, like Dom said, they made the best use of. And it's time meets place meets attitude, and you got the Vikings, and uh, they still carved up the world in the way it is today. And even modern Europe, the European Union, would not look the same if it were not for Vikings. You have nations like England, Ireland, Scotland, even parts of France, Poland. Yeah, you know, talking about Scandinavia itself, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, Norway. It's all part of that Viking tradition that goes back to this, you know, on. The small scale, obviously, it was 100, 200-plus years of Viking raiding, but on the global scale, it was a small blip in time and relatively not powerful nation. We should not underplay the fact that places like China, Rome, and even France were still way more powerful than the Vikings this time. They, if, Like I said, the Frankish army shows up at the gates, you get your ass kicked, you get in your boats and go home. But at the same time, they were yeah. able to accomplish so much at the same time as all these global powers were happening and had just as much influence and, in some aspects, even more influence than them. And I think that's impressive as hell. And they deserve to be in the halls of Valhalla for all time. Skull! That was just absolutely beautiful. But I, I, now, I know we were, I already did my final thought, but I do have one more thing I have to add now because I just thought about it. Um, sure. Because I don't know what, I, I don't know enough to do a whole little segment on it. But uh, 
we know from you know uh, later on in the Viking life when they started doing more trading than raiding, uh, they did make it I down like that. to like more trading trademark. than raiding. Not only does it rhyme, it just <laughs> makes sense. Uh, you know, it, there's proof that you know they made it as far as uh, some of the, the Middle East, and uh, you know, there have been. They found a Buddha Viking. statue in one of the Viking longships. I mean, yeah, how far do you yeah. get Buddha? That's pretty far. They got Buddha. They, it, when, when they find a collection of coins, it's coins from multiple countries spanning different continents. It was like Egyptian stuff, European stuff, you know, Eastern, uh, I guess that's Western Asia, Eastern Europe. You know, it's, they, re- they, they, fuck, they got around. And if it wasn't them they getting around, around they, tra- they traded with people that did. You know, it, it's if you, when you push aside the famous raiding side of the Vikings, it's you know they they really spread themselves, and a lot of a lot of stuff made it to them. Also, there, there was well, more a people more write stories about great them. battles and and murder and raids than you do. Oh, but their trading policy, their economic growth was outstanding. They had really used those river systems to build up these trading communities. It's not as sexy in the history books, but it's just as true. And in many cases, it's more true. Yes. And probably also a little more important. But not as certainly exciting to, to Certainly about. to them, yeah. I mean, yeah, the let's do a whole podcast wealth. on the trading routes of just Viking <laughs> commerce. No, I don't want to hear one, century one word Vikings. about Valhalla or just the trading. Okay, just the shipbuilding. No, absolutely right. But yeah, I think we did a good job covering Vikings. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. Great, great job. Odin would be pleased. I think it was pretty good. I think I think it was a good one. I'm, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad so. Dan made it on for one. Yeah, and, no. uh, you got to come yes. back for more. Let's say time. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on, Dan. We appreciate it so much. Well, like I said, we had Matt on before, but that was like episode thirty or something like that. That was that was eons ago. We're on episode seventy. A long time right ago. Now, so. yeah. We're gonna have to have him back on. It'd be like, great to have you guys both on, but that'd be a cool one to do in person. Yeah, that would be cool. Have all yeah. of us on in the yeah. same room. Yeah. Don't worry about this whole internet thing, you know. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. I thought the subject was really cool, and I I really learned a lot, you know. And, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to be on again. Hell yeah. I appreciate right, cool. that. Because uh, we're, I wasn't going to end the podcast until you said you'd be on again, so we could have been here all night. So I appreciate you getting no, out no, no, it, no, saving no. us some time. Well, uh, now, no, you're awesome. you can't you can't end the podcast yet because, uh, nope. you know, I know we're still in the the early stages of the toilet wine, but, you know, the way, only way to make a tradition is to start doing something over and over. Uh, right. Let's all get ready uh, to do a shot. And uh, Dan, I think if you could uh, lead us in a toast to some Viking, whatever you want to talk about, something short, okay. and then we'll all do a shot to toast to him. All right, I'll be right back. Sure. I'm just going to let this roll so I don't have to download another video. So this is just going to keep rolling. Let the good times roll. I marked three clips during it. I don't know if it'll affect floor. you. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> Jay, right. did you notice that uh, my name right now is Mark Clip Jr.? <laughs> Thank you for telling the, the viewers because they can't read it. Well, it only Mark works Clip. if we have a recording of me saying, you know, you can Mark Clip, and you went, oh, Mark Clip? I was like, yeah, it's my dad. Uh, but now they know the whole thing, even if that wasn't in it. Right, so we solved it. 
and it'll be just uh, as funny. Well, I think by now any regular viewer should know that everything's a lot funnier to us than it is to you. Yeah, they all know that for sure already. Uh, I'm pretty sure Dylan knows that because he never laughs at our jokes. Not never, <laughs> but we make a lot of jokes that he doesn't react to he at all. Does, and Dylan, he does. I hope you're I hope you're watching this, and I hope He's you give me shit this. next time we do an actual episode. <laughs> he doesn't. He might watch the first ten seconds and make sure we made it, and then I'll be that. Hopefully Dylan, you made it at the end, though. We made it. Well, the end right, is the best to of everything. Who wants to lead the, so. uh, the, the skull here, okay. gentlemen? Uh, I, I My think fellow our, Viking. If, or... All right. If he's okay with that, I believe our guest should lead. Okay. I agree. Um, all right. To pillaging, plunder, and power, the Viking Age, and every Viking... That was seeking immortality through warfare. They surely found it. To Valhalla! Skull! Cool. Skull! Well, and that's how you do it. It's been another episode <laughs> of Toilet Wine. Dom, do you want to take us out? I just doesn't feel natural for me to take us out. I know, uh, through the Dillard. Yeah, last I know. I, I, I think I... I I think, yeah, I, think I should that. take it out. Yeah, yeah I can do that, because, uh, you know, like Toilet Wines, uh, what you listen to here isn't always great, but uh, sometimes it's a necessity. You just need to Any hear this to get, <laughs> to get through your life. You know, when you, just, when you can't get the information you really need, turn to us, and we will tell you what we read about it. And uh, after, I think that's enough to say it. Thank you for watching another episode of Toilet Wines. Have a good night. <laughs> We're talking about Vikings today, brother. Like I said, best semen in town. Yeah, I, I think I think you could honestly make an argument of just like the best semen of all time. When you when you well, truly I, look... I would make an argument that I have that, but I'd say that obviously <laughs> the Vikings are in the Yeah, they they used theirs though. It's it's just crazy when you look when you look at <laughs> someday though, we might get there. But when that ocean wind crosses your cheeks, I mean there's something innately sensual that, about that. That that's a moray. <laughs> they locked him up in Helheim. They chained him up in the real. It's a real Joe Exotic forever. situation. It's a real Joe Exotic. It is. It is. You get out me, you damn fan rear. You stay down there locked up. And <laughs> you bitch, Odin. We're gonna. Yeah, no. We can take it. We can take a break. We can take a break. I know. What yeah. I'm then we'll then we'll that. go into our final section here. That's okay, everybody. This will be fun to edit in the two minute segment that I shouldn't even have started the thing back up. But yeah, I might just cut the whole fucking thing. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good jokes in there about Berserkers, so, you know. Yeah. All right, home that too. After this. You know, leading theory for how they would go Berserk was, uh, uh, you know, something that has been talked about on this podcast before, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Let me guess, they would go on Facebook for 20 minutes? I mean, (laughs) if you're going on there and read stuff, like, I'm going crazy. Uh, I'm I'm sure it got touched on in the DMT episode, which I did not watch. Duvalala! Go. Skull. Hey. Olaf, Berserker. Come on, man, Berserker. Is he singing English or Russian? 
In English, come on, berserker. Girls think sexy. Uh, I'll watch, wait, he's gonna sing and watch, it's too funny. My love for you is like a truck bell sucker. Would you like some making fuck bell sucker? <laughs> That's fucking funny, man. Did he say making fuck? My love for you is ticking clock bell sucker. Would you like to suck my cock bell sucker? That's beautiful, man.